Good morning, everybody. Keith Hill here, foodtruckhelp.com, the I Love Bacon Truck, ilovebacontruck.com, uh, and I Love Bacon Truck on Instagram. If you get anything out of these podcasts, please go and follow us uh, on Instagram at I Love Bacon Truck. Uh, as you know, I am trying to uh, get up to 10,000 followers so that we may include swipe up links and links into our pictures to take people to our website to buy our prepackaged products and our cured bacon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you will uh, follow us and send me a DM or comment and let me know that you are from the podcast, I will follow you right back because I'd like for you to be able to sell your products as well. So I will help you grow your followers uh, by one at the least and uh, help you get to that goal also. Uh, it is a couple days after Christmas. I had a few uh, few chaotic days running around, visiting every family member on earth, as I'm sure everyone else did. <coughs> And so I am back. If you want me to be completely honest, uh, I'm not sitting here drinking my coffee as usual. It's actually 3.44 p.m. in the afternoon, but I've just gotten to a spot to where I could come down into the studio that I have in my basement uh, and uh, actually my office slash studio and record a new podcast. So uh, today I wanted to talk about something pretty important. Uh, For those that don't know, delivery services you know, of course, have gained a ton of steam. If you're not paying attention to what's going on, this is very much going to be the future. Uh, as you know, or may not know, Travis, that that was the founder of Uber, is pretty much liquidating all of his stock in Uber, and he is pushing his cloud kitchens concept. Um, so what he's what he's starting to do is really push a food delivery concept with cloud kitchens. And from what I can understand, I think what it's going to be is basically a uh, delivery kitchens running multiple concepts. And I don't know if his plan is to let independent people run that or if he's wanting to push that concept himself and basically build kitchens and run five or 10 or 12 or how many ever concepts out of one kitchen for delivery. Uh, So if he's liquidating his Uber stock, he's probably trying to stack money up to push into this and uh, and drive it into the future. So pay attention, stay up to date with delivery uh, trends and and which way it's going. And uh, just watch because there's going to be a lot of money made over the next, you know, from now until the end of time for uh, convenience. And that's what people want to pay for. Uh, You know, we were a little bit scared apprehensive to go into the delivery game because if you want my uh, complete honesty I believe the customer experience uh, suffers I don't think there's anything that anybody makes that gets any better as it sits in a to-go box and gets soggy for any duration of time Uh, it's just not ideal for food but just like uh, music quality and video quality and audio quality uh there are a ton of people out there on the internet that that have no uh qualms about uh buying something or consuming something of lesser quality it's 100 percent convenience for a lot of people and that is that is okay so that's the big reason we didn't do delivery for a long time because i just thought the customer experience was not great uh but then i realized that you know to that customer, uh, convenience is king, and so we were missing out. What I'm going to do is run down the steps that we took to uh, to get into the delivery business, 
or, you know, to get into the Uber Eats, et cetera, et cetera game um, and tell you what we've done to maximize the little bit of profit that there may be in it uh, with with these companies trying to take basically every bit of your profit, then charge you more all in the name of marketing. <clears throat> so step number one we took was was a salesman from Uber Eats contacted me. Uh, and of course they wanted a $300 setup fee. They wanted 30% of all sales, which we know, uh, for the most part, if you listen to my past podcast, 15% is about where we're sitting, trying to figure out a way to squeeze out 20. So basically they wanted 15% of the sales and 15% for what they say is marketing. Okay. So who's losing here? Us, of course. Now, if you're setting up, uh, you know, a delivery business and you don't have an angle, it's a loss. You know, it may be good for people to see you on Uber Eats if you live in a large city where Uber Eats gets a lot of love. Uh, but for us, Uber Eats is our smallest uh, sales for delivery. Now, I'd read that back in the day you could negotiate or have Uber Eats waive the uh, $300 setup charge. I tried every single way to do this. Uh, I stalled them out. I uh, I bluffed. I said I wasn't going to use them. Basically, they would not waive the $300 setup fee. So I wanted to try it out. I figured it was worth $300 investment. You know, what they sold me was, we're going to send you a package with the tower and every, of course, every other delivery service will send you a tower for, for no charge. But what they told me was, we'll send a photographer, we'll take great pictures of your food, we'll have those on our website. Uh, you know, he sold me the whole spiel. And what I told him was, I said, well, I've already, I've already had professional pictures taken of our food. They look great. They fit with our brand. They're exactly the way we want them to look. And uh, But he assured me my pictures were going to be amazing when they hit Uber Eats. Uh, they were going to send a professional photographer who knew about food photography and lighting and would come at the right time of day and we could do it outside and they would bring lighting and make it all look amazing. That is the exact opposite of what I, uh, of what I received. They sent a young lady who probably has never taken a picture of anything professionally in her life. I assume they probably uh, farm out that service like they do with Uber, uh, you know, taxi services, etc. I assume there was no photography test written or otherwise that uh, let this young lady prove her skills because she took terrible pictures that we had to guide her on as far as lighting and, and things. And Uber's reasoning was they said they wanted all the pictures on the platform to be uh, cohesive and look very similar. And they assured me that their photographer was trained in these ways. <laughs> not the case at all. Our pictures on Uber Eats are terrible. They're not appetizing at all. Everything looks like garbage. And uh, so I paid, I, I bought a $300 lesson there. Nevertheless, uh, of course, they want 30% as well. And they have it in the contract that you may not raise prices above your normal menu prices. Uh, My salesman coached me on this and he said, well, what you want to do since you have an a la carte menu, you buy sandwiches and fries and tater tots and drinks and everything separately. I don't have any combo meals. Everything is on its own. He advised me to raise my price to 30% and just make it a combo. 
throw a side of fries or tater tot choice in there and raise the 30%. So that's what we did. Now, after that, uh, we went with a local company, uh, a local company that I'd worked with before, actually, and uh, great people. Uh, of course, they don't have big budgets like Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash, et cetera, et cetera. They're a local company, but they do have a, good, a great foothold in our city. Everybody trusts them. Everybody knows them. Uh, they're members of our community, uh, and they, for the most part, they do a great job. They are a little bit behind the eight ball on uh, technology and marketing uh, in 2019 and 2020. Uh, now, they classify themselves as a marketing company, not a delivery company, but a marketing company. And so when I started bringing up Facebook pixels, etc., to drive marketing to the platform, they were lost. Now, what I was asking was, I said, let me put my Facebook pixel onto my page on the website. I, I sent them the instructions on how to do it. I sent them the code. And uh, through sheer resistance or uh, lack of know-how or they, they, whatever it may be, they just did not want to do it. Now, my stance was, as I said, if you can put a pixel... I can retarget those people that visit our page on your website. I can retarget or I can target the people that visit my website and I can tie all that together and I can market my product. As you can hear, my great Dane Oliver is in the room with me here. He's shaking his head. But uh, what I wanted to do was be able to target these people and just me basically do my own marketing for delivery. Now, for me to pay for marketing to drive sales to what is considered in quotation marks a marketing company was a was a bit strange but i really wanted to make delivery a big part of my business i wanted to grow that in 2020 and i really wanted to focus on that being a new revenue stream that we could that we could really market to and uh it was a bit frustrating because I just couldn't do it. You know, of course, they were more apt to work with me than than anyone else, than Uber Eats or anybody like that. Uh, but I just couldn't get them to pull the trigger on it. What I decided to do was make the button on my website that says order for delivery. Go to my page on their website. Now, essentially what I was doing was I was driving the traffic to them to buy my food to pay them a fee. So I'm doing all the marketing for the in quotation marks marketing company. It still doesn't sit well with me, but it works okay. Um, you know, all I asked for was to be able to market to my customers because I wanted to make delivery a much larger part of my business and basically build that as another revenue stream. So that's where we're sitting. We're still at a stalemate. They just not interested in doing it. Whatever. Moving on. After that, I was approached by Grubhub. Grubhub came in and said what they would do is give me a 20% or I'm sorry, an 18% fee. Uh, and they would give me 10% for anything that came from my social media or my website. So that's already a much better deal uh, than the previous company, the local company. Uh, so I weighed that out. <clears throat> I'm still weighing that out, actually. 
I never quite pulled the trigger on Grubhub just for the fact that I had another uh, instance come about that I thought may be uh, a little bit a little more beneficial. So after all this conversation with Grubhub, we were contacted. Oh, I'm sorry. We were not contacted. One day I get a call from one of my guys and he says, hey, are we doing delivery through DoorDash now? And I said, we are not. Why? What's going on? He says, well, there's a DoorDash person standing here making an order. And I said, okay. Well, I said, we're not signed up with them. What's going on? And he said, well, they have our page on their website. They're standing here with a debit card. They're making an order, and I'm going to make it and send it to them. Is is that okay? I said, sure, send it on. So I went and looked, did a little bit of investigating, found out that we do have a page on DoorDash, and what they have done is copied uh, all of the information from Uber Eats, which is, you know, taking into account the uh, 30% markup. But here's the kicker. We don't have a contract with DoorDash. They come in and order like a regular customer, and the menu information they have is from Uber Eats with the 30% markup. So basically what we're doing through DoorDash is we're able to sell our food, at the Uber Eats price, but pay zero fee to DoorDash for doing so. So we're essentially making 30% more money. All right. That sounds amazing. <clears throat> and my thought on customer experience is this. When Uber Eats or Grubhub or anyone like that sends an order in, you accept it on your tablet you tell them how long it's going to take before it's ready. Say, call it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. With us, it's about five minutes. So we hit five minutes and we wait. Sometimes we wait 10 minutes. Sometimes we wait 30. Sometimes we wait 45. So what's happening is, is that food is sitting in the box, in the bag, steaming, getting soggy, and becoming not optimal for the customer. Now with DoorDash, what's happening is, is they're coming in, they're ordering the food, It's out the door in five minutes, in the DoorDash driver's hand, hot, as fresh as it could possibly be, and then it goes out on the trip. Now, what happens from the time they leave the restaurant to the time they get to the customer? I have no idea. But I do know when the food leaves us, it's piping hot, fresh fresh out of the kitchen, fresh off the grill. Um, So to me, that tells me, at least on our end, it's a better product. We're paying zero fee, and we're getting 30% more. So what I'm about to put into play is I'm about to change the link on our website. When it says order for delivery, we're going to send it to our page on DoorDash, something we're getting 30% more and paying zero fee on. They come in, they walk into the kitchen, they order it, they pay for it right there. There's nothing crazy going on. We're not having to pay any fees, and it's going out hot. That, to me, is the key. I know a lot of people have a lot of problems with DoorDash uh, and the way they handle business and the way they put your food on their website with outdated prices or menus, et cetera, et cetera. But for us, this works. Now, what we've started doing with the other services is is I have labels, and it says ordered at, which, you know, a blank for time, finished at with a blank for time, and picked up at with a blank for time. So when that order comes in, we write on it what time it came in, we write on it what time it was finished, the order was finished and sacked up, and we stick that onto the top of the box, the very top box in the bag. When the service walks in to pick it up, we write on it what time they're there, and we send it out. 
So there's never a discrepancy. If the customer gets it, they see if, if the uh, food is subpar, they see what time it was finished, and then they know what time it was dropped off. Now, that's key to, I believe, making your customers happy because if they have an issue, they can always go back to the company that delivered it. It never falls back on us. We, you know, I'm hoping we never get a negative review because of it. But at least at that point, we have a, uh, a leg to stand on to go, hey, this was ordered. We had it ready five minutes after that, and they didn't pick it up for 45 minutes. You know, I understand you're upset, but technically it's not our fault. <clears throat> now, I know that doesn't, that doesn't really uh, save us, but it definitely helps. So that's my idea with that. Now, as we drive into the future, we're going to try to launch those other concepts. Uh, we're going to try to some fig- figure some things out to make it a much bigger part of our business just because that's the way everything is going. Um, so I hope our layout for the way we're doing delivery helps a little bit. I know this has been kind of long. It's 17 minutes, and uh, most of the time I'm just kind of rambling, all hopped up on quad shot espressos and, you know, breakfast but uh this is a little more in the afternoon and i'm probably tired and rambling but this is the way we laid it out and these are my thoughts and it's really just me rattling off what's in my brain about delivery uh i usually write very few notes before these podcasts so i just kind of come in and, and rattle it off so uh we're gonna wrap this one up 17 almost 18 minutes deep uh foodtruckhelp.com if you need to get in touch I love bacon truck on Instagram. I love bacon truck.com. Uh, hope everybody had a nice holiday and everybody's family's doing all right. And goodbye. I will speak to you all again, hopefully in the morning.